Hey everybody, you're listening to What's Your Number? The chronicles of two well-traveled women as told through sexual experiences. I'm Olivia and I'm in Barcelona. And I'm Mariah recording from Boston. This is the podcast where we tell each other the story of every person we've ever slept with, starting with number one. to it so today we're recording mariah's number 18 story this is exciting how are you feeling mariah i'm feeling impressed with us like we're getting up to i mean we're almost in the 20s wow yeah i, I mean, know we're really racking them up over there we're racking them up <laughs> boom 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 young olivia and mariah i gotta say i feel like i am about to go through like the bulk of my bulk of my numbers. Yeah, speed up a bit here. <laughs> yeah, things will go quickly, but um, I feel like that's nice. like the best kind of episode is as we, as we said last time, the, you know, the one and done or. Um. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. Yeah, it's just like less messy and it's just kind of a bit more satisfying, I think. It, yeah, it's like, it's just a better story to tell because you just only tell the pertinent details. Like with number 16, I was like, how do I sum up our whole entire relationship. Right. That was like a year that got squeezed into one episode. Well, yeah. I mean, I think what it's different with like, with your, we've had some, you know, people that span multiple episodes because we're still sleeping with them. But number 16, like he had such good boundaries that like you guys. I know. Didn't hook up after you broke up. So. I know he's well, yeah. I mean, spoiler alert. Um, yeah, I mean, it's funny you should mention that because this is actually the story of uh leaving energy, Portland edition. Um, nice. the last time you saw me, I was in Alaska, had just broken up with number 16 over a satellite phone. Um, <laughs> and, correct, and I was hooking up with a fishing guide. Um, yeah, number 17. Good old number right. 17. Good old number 17. Um, yeah. And and I was having a wild time over there in Alaska. Um, you know, the summer was winding down and it was starting to kind of feel like fall. The leaves were kind of turning and, you know, it was like kind of felt like a whole different landscape. When we'd come in in June, it was right. 24 hours ish of sun. Now it's, you know, sun goes down pretty early. The colors were absolutely beautiful, as I just mentioned. Um, and yeah, we were, we're getting ready to leave. We're trying like, you know, thinking of our next steps in life. Like everyone's like, where are we going to go? What are we going to do? You know, people had various things they were going to get back to in life. Um, yeah, you had $10,000 burning a hole in your pocket. <laughs> I know. Right. I was rich. Um, <laughs> yeah. So at this point I'd been hooking up with number 17 pretty regularly for several months. Um, and I definitely had like a few feelings, but I, at the same time, I think I knew that it was just a circumstantial thing. Um, I was, you know, thinking about number 16 because his birthday was in September and I think we left, um, in early September. So he was just kind of like on my mind a little bit and, you know, I was just starting to kind of think about like what was happening next. Um, as I mentioned, like I'd pretty thoroughly destroyed all ties with Portland. <laughs> 
not all ties. <laughs> right. But, um, but you'd quit your job and <laughs> torpedo your relationship. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. So I was like, okay, what am I going to do next? Um, and yeah, it just kind of like, it just that feeling of, you know, going into summer, you're like, all right, you know, tits out. And then end of summer, you're like, Ooh, gotta tits in. <laughs> yeah. You're like, what am I doing with my life? Um, so yeah. So at first I thought maybe I'd get another seasonal job. Um, so I found one on cool works, of course, at mm-hmm, a dude mm-hmm. ranch in Arizona. Um, the plan was to kind of be there over the winter. I think it was in Tucson and I'd be spending, you know, basically another five months as a hospitality gal. Right. Um, and yeah, like as you guys know, I lived in Arizona before I absolutely love the desert. So this didn't feel like a terrible option, Mm -hmm. but I think I, like after I accepted the job, I feel like I kind of sat with it for a couple of weeks and I had sort of like a come to Jesus moment. If you remember, you know, as we just talked about, I'd kind of like blown up everything in my life, my job, my boyfriend, and my home base to have creative freedom. So I was just thinking about, you know, what my life would be like in another seasonal job. And it just didn't feel like it was really offering that. And I decided to kind of, I decided to take quote unquote, a leap of faith, um, if, or the closest thing possible to that for an atheist, if you will. (laughs) Um, uh-huh. so yeah, so that's kind of where my podcast, the millennial search for meaning became, um, a little apple in my eye, if you will. I'd been obsessed uh-huh. with podcasts and, um, thanks to number 16. And, um, you know, as you guys know, I also am a writer. So, or I, I feel like I can't even say that anymore in present day side note. Um, cause I haven't written forever, but, um, at this time I was very much a writer. You can say it. Yeah, I mean, I mean, once a writer, always a writer. I, I don't like, think you get kicked out of the club. True. I guess you're right. It's more of a personality trait than anything else. Yeah, definitely. But yeah, so I, I was like, yeah, I'm, you know, I, so I'm like a writer, you know, a lifelong writer. This time, very much a writer. Actually, around this time, I had been, I guess, over the last of the previous few years and during the next few years, I would be working on um, a collection of poetry called Different Men, which I have done absolutely nothing with, but is really actually useful for this podcast. Already <laughs> um, on theme, yeah. <laughs> on theme. Um, and yeah, actually, I remember doing a lot of writing during this time, kind of trying to figure out what I wanted to do. And I really wanted to kind of get back to my storytelling roots and build a career around that. Um, but I wanted to tell stories in a way that made people really listen. And that's why I was so in love with like podcasts. And mm-hmm. I was also interested in film. So I happened to find a film internship on, you guessed it. Craigslist. Craigslist. Yeah. <laughs> Amazing. Um, completely randomly. Um, it was a first small film company in actually in Bozeman, Montana, which I thought was just kind of like, you know, I guess Providence. Um, and I was like, wow, that, that kind of works out perfectly. Like I'll go home, live in my parents' cabin and I'll make this podcast. And then I'll also like learn how to, you know, do like film and I'll just like throw myself into it, essentially. Yeah, totally. And I think more than anything, I really wanted to lean into the struggle, like just give myself a chance to pursue something meaningful with a capital fucking M. Oh yeah. Well, this was the kind of revelation that you'd had when your friend had visited you Mm -hmm. in Portland who was 
striving to become an artist and is an artist and Mm-hmm. You know, it's just, uh, we were talking more about it Her later. You were telling me more about, more about her story and just kind of, you know, yeah, that she was about that as well, kind of embracing the struggle and yeah, looking for exactly. the meaning. Yeah, exactly. And I hadn't really done it until now. Like I'd been like, okay, this is my plan, but I hadn't mm-hmm. put that plan into action. You know, I, I definitely, I had a lot of fun working at the uh, fishing lodge, but it wasn't like, I definitely felt after three months straight of being there that I was like, mm, I don't know if I like quote unquote fit in here. You know, like I love these right. people. I have some like lifelong friendships from that time, but I wasn't like, this is how I want to live my life. Um, right. sen- essentially. And yeah. yeah, I just, I wanted to, I really, yeah, I just wanted to struggle. just wanted to fucking mm-hmm. struggle my little face off. So, <laughs> so I flew back to Portland to get my, get my car, um, which I had left at uh, number 16's aunt and uncle's house <laughs> over the, nice. over the summer. Um, and I was going to pack up my stuff and drive it all back to Montana. And it was at first it was super weird being back in civilization. It was like exhilarating. You know, I had $10,000 burning a hole in my pocket, as you said. And, uh, you know, not, it's, it's not that much money. Um, but it felt like a ton of money. It's not that much money, especially if you're going to live off of it for a while. But I was like, it just felt like I had never really before had just a bunch of savings and like no job and and just kind of felt like, okay, like now you can kind of do whatever you want essentially. Mm -hmm. Um, so I stayed with Morgan, bless her goddamn heart, Morgan. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> she's put me up so many times in her place. Um, and yeah, it was just like really good to see her. And, you know, I saw number 16. He had a new apartment for the semester and, you know, he was living in it alone and it was really nice and he seemed good, like really good. Um, and he was definitely willing to talk and we definitely talked. We definitely, you know, had that moment. And I think at this time I was like really feeling like the finality of everything. Like I was like, yeah. oh gosh, you know, like I really loved this person. And like, I was, I think I was starting to feel kind of sad, honestly. But I, I think at the same time, I knew that like where my path was taking me was where I needed to go. Yeah, um, totally. So he's Didn't willing- you also say that your stuff was all in the same storage unit, kind of like tossed together? Exactly, exactly. I'll I'll get to that here in a second. But uh, oh, yeah, sorry, sorry. that's something, Yeah. <laughs> Would not recommend. Would not recommend. <laughs> but it's like, isn't hers? You, like, when you when you move out of a place that like you're supposedly gonna move back in together, you're just gonna be yeah. like, well, just in case, maybe we should just pack separate boxes. I mean, I like, was thinking no. that, yeah, separate storage <laughs> units. Yeah, I should probably take that. <laughs> yeah, Ryan and I are we're thinking about anyway. That might happen in the future. I'll be. I'll have to insist we get separate storage units, but. Um, <laughs> um, but yeah, like I, I I feel like uh he's definitely willing to talk and he's super open and that's like to his credit. You know, he's he's present, he's 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 himself. Um I hate mm-hmm. in breakups when like people will just immediately like stop talking to you and it feels like they can't be in your life anymore. And mm-hmm. so I feel like he he didn't do that, but he's not willing to hook up. LOL. And <laughs> Cause I think I'm just like, whatever, it's fine. You know, but he's just like has very healthy boundaries, which is good for him. And so, Incredible. yeah, I think another thing that was kind of going on too, is like, it's always like one thing to break up with somebody when you're not in the same place as them. But when you yeah. go back to the place that you shared with them, it's, 
It's so like, I don't know. It just makes you feel it so much more, which I know you experienced in Portland with number one too. Mm -hmm. Definitely. Yeah. Um, so yeah. So we go to our storage unit. (laughs) Oh God. (laughs) And it's just, it's honestly just like this impossible struggle of separating just like our poorly packed things and just random crap. Also, I think at this time, this is like the beginning of me moving a lot um, or like a lot more than I had been before that. And the stuff that you put in storage when you first start moving a lot is way different than the stuff you put in storage afterward. Like now if I store something like it better be damn well worth it in this situation. No, I, you know, threw everything but the kitchen sink in there. (laughs) Dude. Yeah. (laughs) Literally my dad had to empty a storage unit for me in Portland that I had just like put so much shit in that, you know, I never went back. And I mean, it was like, you know, all like a lot of it was furniture and shit that would have been useful. But just the point is like, I had, I could not stick to a plan for like enough time to like come back to the storage unit and use any of that shit, you know? So, and like, I, I feel like I go back and forth between being like this kind of eccentric person who's like, who likes having, I I wouldn't want to say like maximalist, but somebody who's just like, like, I guess like an eccentric artsy person who wants like cool thing, like cool looking little knickknacks in their house and is like interested by this thing I picked up at a thrift store or like a little painting I bought, you know, or something like that. But that kind of shit just does not store well. It just doesn't like you go back to it and you're like, it doesn't work in your new space or it just no. isn't as cool as you remember. <laughs> you got to say goodbye. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Everything must go. So I think that, and also like another thing I should say, the storage unit place is like, it's really weird. It's like we have to drive to like the outskirts of town and it's this multi-level storage unit place. We have to go like up, we have to get on an elevator, go up, you know, storage units are so different in a city. Um, yeah, versus creepy. not yeah they're like this creepy. reminds me of like breaking bad or something like those storage units you know where you used to keep all the money and there was always like a shootout and people would like bleed all over the meth haven't seen it but i would watch it just what? for that scene because i hate those types <laughs> of like city storage units are really fucking creepy yeah yeah they're yeah they are extremely creepy they're like i don't know i just hate like you know the elevators and you go there and everyone just like no one wants to look at each other and Oh yeah, everyone's getting a divorce. It's (laughs) it's dark, yeah. Yeah. It's weird. And, you know, speaking of that, like we're definitely (laughs) like getting divorced. And, you know, I think I cry. I think we have a heart to heart. And it just feels so final. We have like people meeting us there. We're getting rid of my furniture. And, you know, it's just like, (sighs) it just, it feels hard and sad and final. Um, But again, you know, number 16 is just number 16. He's just, I don't know. He's just, such a good person, you know, and I feel like that definitely helps it along. And he's like supportive of my decision too, like my, like where I'm headed next. He's definitely very excited for me. And he's like, okay, go you. Um, wow. So at the Who same this time, person? I know, right? Like I'm probably giving him like way too much credit, but no, I, I legit feel like he deserves it. Um, number 16, love ya. Um, <laughs> So at this kind of same time, like, I feel like I'm kind of starting to come into my own a little bit more. My bangs have grown out. Thank fucking God. Um, (laughs) And, you know, I like, I, at this time I start to like, 
highlight my hair blonde, which I had had blonde hair until it was like 19 that was like naturally blonde. So it just, it kind of just feels like I'm sort of like myself again. I don't know. It kind of just like, it works really well. I'm actually going Uh through like a whole saga with it now where like I wanted to go back to my natural color, but then it was like, it felt like whatever. I mean, I had to like dye it back and then the dye was too dark. And anyway, now I'm like living life as a brunette and I'm like, I don't know. I just kind of like miss like the brightness of having blonde hair, but I hate Mm -hmm. the maintenance of it because it's just like so time consuming and so costly. Um, For sure. Yeah. It's a classic struggle, a classic modern day. It's a classic (laughs) struggle for whatever reason. Like I do feel probably like the most like myself when I do have like at least some blonde in my hair because I think that's just how I was like during my formative years. So um, anyway, so I hop on Tinder for the first time. I have. Oh my God. Yeah. Sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm so excited because I was just, is is this Tinder's like first? No, we have talked about Tinder because I went on that terrible Tinder date in Portland. For you. I haven't been on it yet. This is my first time on Tinder. Right. Okay, cool. Yeah. And definitely not my last time. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, exciting. Um, But yeah, like, I mean, I just start swiping away and I'm like, you know, it's just Tinder is such a good little breakup thing, too. If you're like, oh, Oh, I'm a little sad. How do people break up before Tinder? (laughs) Right. Exactly. So, yeah, so I just start swiping and um, it's not long before I match with a handsome stranger. I mean, I think I'm there for... I think I'm in Portland for a week, maybe 10 days total. So not long. And, you know, a <laughs> couple days into it, whatever. I think after I realized number 16 is not DTF, <laughs> um, I, yeah, I meet up with a drink, um, meet up for a drink with this random stranger. Nice. And um, he's smart. He's witty. He's a little into himself. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, yeah, so turns out we have so much in common, actually not really, um, mutual love (laughs) of Afropop, which I have to say is, you know, something I really can't take much credit for. Um, I discovered it through number 16, like podcasts and so many of the other good things in my life at that time. Um, Like Alaska. Alaska, exactly. And, you know, we really we bond over that. Um, as much bonding as possible over the next, you know, over like a two day thing. And I, we drive to the beach one day to take some photos of me with his iPhone. I don't like, it's like his idea. He's like, let's go to the beach and like take some photos. And so, so yeah, so we go there. I know. Right. It's like an hour away too. I'm like, sure. I don't have a job. Let's go. It's also like iPhones weren't even new then or anything like that. There's like an app. There was like an app that is actually popular, but anyway, it basically is like turned your phone into like a DSLR. Like it, like it could increase the quality of your, okay. Through like effects, I guess, increase the quality of your, like your shot or whatever. Um, the photos were like decent. Um, they're kind of cool, artsy. It was kind of funny because like actually after the fact, like we're, we were, became friends on, you know, social media and I would see him like posting all these like photos of girls. (laughs) right so you're like so this is your move (laughs) right right I didn't really care though I was just like whatever um but yeah and yeah I was like yeah good luck also this guy tried to hook up with Morgan um he met her through me oh my god we like all hung out together one night and then like six months later she's something she said that 
they were all hanging out with like in a group of friends and he was like trying to hit on her and she was like um no Mariah's my friend and I was like I don't care <laughs> I was like I don't give I don't give a fuck um yeah anyway so, so we hook up yeah she it. is yeah she's she's a ride or die but, but anyway yeah so we we basically we hook up and it just it feels like a hookup you know it's like maybe a shaker hander feels like leaving energy so it's like feels good but you know I'm already checked out it doesn't feel it's not like amazing or beautiful or you know spiritual or whatever it's just a hookup <laughs> yeah <laughs> And scratch the itch. <laughs> and that's my uh, number 18 story. Um, but a coda to that is that my nice. last day in Portland, um, like I said, I would think I was there about eight or eight to 10 days. Um, pack my car to the brim, hug Morgan goodbye and drive over to the north side to bring number 16, a few of last boxes of his things that I ended up with. And uh-huh. as I cross the river, it kind of starts to rain and the sun is still shining. So it's just like this sort of like beautiful ambiance. And so I meet um, number 16 at his school in the parking lot and it's raining. So I kind of like duck out of the car, hand him his things. And, you know, we give each other one final hug and it just feels so, it's just a hug that just feels so like comfortable and like bittersweet and um, familiar. And like, I kind of like tear up a little bit and it's just like so perfect, you know, but it's raining so we don't like dwell too long there. And I just like, you know, duck inside my car and uh, drive off toward Montana, toward home. Wow. And <laughs> I actually have um, a little surprise for you. For me? Um, I, I have a poem about oh my God, this yes. moment. Like, I feel like I've had a really hard time summing up my relationship with number 16, but I think this poem kind of covers it. So now that we've gotten to the end of the story, I'm going to go ahead and read it. Um, Oh my God, amazing. I always feel kind of self-conscious when I'm reading my poetry. (laughs) Uh, That's how you know it's real. I know. Um, So yeah, this is from my collection of poems that will never probably be published. Don't say that. No, I know. I shouldn't say it. It's my fault. You told me to proofread them like a year ago. (laughs) Oh, I totally forgot about that. I really would actually like to try to do something with these poems because they feel done, you know, like, Mm -hmm. but anyway, um, so it's called For a Fisherman, part three. In the grass, we watched the kickball game. Our neighborhood park filled, team members hollering back and forth, roses spilling from their maze, loamy, abundant, fuchsia bodies existing, in an illusion of wildness, and your hair later fanned out on ours. I would always reach out to free it, removing your elastic, looking up (laughs) at telephone wires through the window in our only room, Saturday afternoon, such brief respite, collecting ourselves, moving through our rubble, your shoulder my sill, stillness in the debris of our orbit, standing chopping vegetables, and my habitual digging through the many piles of clothes searching for some article lost and your neighbor and our neighbor tall father of twins smoking his weed just inside our fence (laughs) aside safe and free of consequence out at night I watched you move reckless bending from the heart face face outlined in neon light catching at your lashes crow's free crow's feet already reaching the ceiling reaching the walls illuminating each small seam of the skin I loved Later, 
rain streaming down, we would meet to exchange the boxes of before, during, and after. I'd leave the car idling, hair hanging over my eyes. And when we hugged goodbye, my face would find your collarbone. And I'd wonder if you'd remember that I kissed you there first, before anywhere else, rain soaking our skin. I'd let my duck and run stand for my question. Is any of this sunlight packable? And how well does it store? And for how long? Oh my God. Your shoulder <laughs> my sill. I die. So beautiful. Yeah, so I don't know. Beautiful. It's just, it just felt, it just felt like such a bittersweet, but like beautiful and like fitting ending to such a beautiful love story. God, truly. Uh, thank yeah. you for reading that. I loved it. Yeah, you're welcome. I have, that's part three. I was actually thinking I could have read some of these other things too, but you know. Shoulda, shoulda, woulda, coulda. Shoulda, woulda, coulda. I think, yeah, more poetry, more poetry, the more, the more we go. <laughs> I know. I, I feel like for this one, especially, I felt like it was so hard to sum it up without this poem in a way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. That's real. But yeah. But then other ones like, yeah, I, I've, I don't know, like number five, I feel like I probably could have read one for that too. But anyway, sometimes poetry says it best. Um, it does capt- captures a feeling, mm-hmm. and uh, that's. I guess that's where I'll leave it. Damn, it's a number eighteen for you. Yep, <laughs> we're gonna have to have like a party <laughs> for number twenty. Number twenty is exciting. I'm excited for it. Yeah, I think it's also gonna be a good one for both of us. Oh, oh, oh God! Oh, sorry, the pillow fell. Thanks for listening to What's Your Number. This episode was produced by Olivia and Mariah. Music is by No Fancy. You can learn more about us and check out our blog at whatsyournumberpod.com. We are on Instagram at whatsyournumberpod and on Twitter at therewasthisguy. And if you enjoyed what you heard today, leave us a review wherever podcasts are found and subscribe to hear about more sexcapades. <laughs>